0: hey guys what's up Seeing if anybody's on here waiting for someone to jump on I'm a few minutes late just got done shooting a new video that I'll be posting tomorrow it's gonna be really hot can't wait to post it it's called uh, how to tell if a guy really likes you so I got a lot of questions about um, from girlfriends mostly that asked me that a lot and It's pretty black and white to me, and um, uh, you'll you'll have to check it out. I think it's going to post at nine o'clock my time, Eastern Standard, tomorrow. But um, I'll be happy to answer any questions that people have uh, right now. Just kind of talk. This is the first time I've ever done um, a YouTube live, at least a scheduled one. So um, this is a first for me. Um, But uh, I'll be happy to kind of answer any questions. And just um, I want to talk a little bit about my book. And went live on Amazon yesterday, and um hey what's up celestina yes i would love to do that city fam in miami florida that would be awesome hi nicole how are you william williams sheila hi how are you sandra from london what's up what time is it in london right now so yeah feel free to type out any questions um anything that you want to talk about um you know we i'd be happy to share Um, just a shameless plug right now. The book is on Amazon. I, I think we're, uh, last time I looked, we were 41 in dating, uh, ranked number 41. So I cracked the Amazon top seller or yeah, top seller list, which is pretty cool. Um, so I, you know, I can use that for advertising purposes, but, uh, I'm really just kind of figuring out how to go about all this, navigating my way through, uh, you know, um, how to pu- how to publish a book, because it's you know something that I've never done before. Midnight, what are you doing up this late? <laughs> um, so thanks, Williams. Appreciate that. Yeah, um, I got a crazy story. Lived it. Loved it both ends of the spectrum. Um, <clears throat> was really the worst of the worst for a long time, and uh, you know, Jesus, thank God for Jesus because he he found me and changed my life and gave me you know. Gave me a whole different path. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that started for me back in, uh, 2000 year 2000, actually March of 2000 was, uh, when I, when I gave my life to God and I did this, the most radical 180 a person could do. Um, have you lost your sexual drive? Oh no, not at all. Is z- zany? Um, <laughs> this has been very difficult for me. Um, that's why I made that video not long ago where I talked about, um, you know, if this if you're having if it if, if you're not having sex and it's easy for you, go ahead and turn the video off. The the video I made was because for people that are having a hard time with it. So I you know, some people will say to me, Oh yeah, it's easy for you not to have sex because you got it out of your system. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. That would be the equivalent of saying, Yeah, you got heroin out of your system. No, you get addicted to it. And then once you get an appetite for it, you want it even more. So it's, it's not easy, um, to cut that off once you've kind of gone that down that road. So for me, you know, being abstinent for 12 of the last 18 years, uh, I hate even saying it, um, has been very difficult, not easy at all. And, um, I've had to learn, learn how to survive, um, you know, without it because it's not just sex, it's just all the situations that lead to sex. It's all, it's. You know, I couldn't even go to the places that I used to go. I couldn't go to the bars and the clubs because they led me to have sex. I couldn't hang around with women um in private settings anymore because it leads to me, um it's just too dangerous. So for those of you that don't know my story, like I said, I I, back in two thousand I did a really radical one eighty. I was I was the worst person that I knew. I mean, looking back, um, I was very promiscuous. I, I was a nightclub promoter and a stripper and I had had a lot of sex with a lot of people. And, you know, I got baptized in the Holy spirit. Um, for any Christians out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I, all of a sudden I was just very aware that God was real and he was calling me and he put a, you know, told me he had a big plan for my life. So I didn't want to disappoint him. And I did this really radical 180, And I, I was abstinent for the next six years. And I, and that's when I was really looking for a group of people to hang out with. And when I couldn't find them, um, I got really disillusioned and I just, I kind of sheltered myself. I went to the movies a lot. I worked I worked all week and I went to the movies a lot and just tried to avoid trouble. I assumed that God was going to send me a wife and I was not going to be lonely anymore. But when that didn't happen, um it really compounded the feelings of loneliness even more and eventually I backslid and that's when I for 6 years I really made a mess. I just I I you know made a ton of mistakes in the in the uh, area of, of the opposite sex and um, that was from 2006 to like 2011 and when I rededicated 2011 that's when I got sober I had to get sober in order to, to abstain from sex because that's how I made the mistake is I just I didn't have good enough Boundaries I uh, I was I was given I wanted a social life. Basically. I, I was tired of being alone I was tired of sitting in my house every night by myself so I started going to the bars and the clubs again because that's where my friends were like or at least the people that I could relate to right so when I, when you're in a bar and you're drinking, I don't care how, how much determination you have, eventually it's going to get you, you know, like uh, you probably heard the saying, you know, you, if you go to a barbershop enough times, you're going to get a haircut. So I backslid, I, I had sex with a girl and about six, about a month later, I had sex with a second girl and I was leading the Bible study at the time. And, um, I stepped down from leading it cause I, I knew how bad it looked. And that's when really things got really bad and, and then I spiraled. Um, but now I've been, I rededicated in 2011. <clears throat> I've been abstinent for the last uh, six years outside of one mistake I made a little over three years ago. I always tell people about that because I just want full transparency. And um, that was also just boundaries. I I, I was chilling with a girlfriend uh, at my house watching a movie and we were alone and you know we end up having sex. And I, been, <laughs> I thought I was stronger than that. I thought... I hadn't even kissed the girl before, you know, we had never even kissed. And when I, when i you know, we start, I I, had thought in the back of my mind, in all honesty, I thought, you know, even if we make out one night, like I'm like, how bad is that? That's not that bad. You know, like I, I, I could always pull the emergency brake. I thought, you know, even if we, we kissed and once we started kissing, I could not stop. And, it, and, um, you know, and I almost lost her as a friend and, And she, she now is in my life again, as a, as a friend and uh, she's part of city fam and she's the biggest blessing to me now. I mean, she was a blessing back then, honestly, too, but she's a huge blessing to me and this is what I tell people when we're, when they talk about, um, you know, abstinence and I'm like, you know, you could burn a friendship by having, you know, sex without commitment with, with someone. And they could have been the answer to your prayer. They could have been the key to unlock your purpose. And, 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 and you, you know, who's to say it wasn't a good looking member of the opposite sex that God sent. And then you have sex with them. And guess what? As soon as you stop having sex with them and you want to have sex with someone else, they're gone. It's anti-community. This is what I tell people all the time. Sex without commitment is anti-community. So anyway, I do want to say while, while you guys are on here, look, um, the book is on Amazon this week. If you want to check it out, I go into all my past. I go into a lot of practical reasons why it makes sense to wait. I've gotten great reviews. I, I think I have like 4.8 stars out of five right now of everybody that left reviews. And people have, you know, told me it's it's making them reevaluate their life. And I promise you that if you apply it, it's gonna give you a great strategy for finding love, which I also equate to long term happiness. Because what I believe is that you know, God made a person for you. You know, now you might not believe that's one person or not. But I lean that way. Now, maybe it's not one, but I don't think it's a lot of them that's going to be a helpmate to you. You know, there might be 1% of the population. Let's say it was that. But, but it, you know, in order for you to, to achieve your purpose and, and long, you know, your deep fulfillment and, you know, long-term happiness, I think you need a happy uh, home. You need a, a relationship. You need somebody that's going to be a cheerleader and a support system for you. And if you're leading with sex and you're not pumping the brakes when it comes to the physical stuff, you the chances of you hitting the lottery are probably better than finding that person. So if you want long-term potential, I mean long-term fulfillment, um, to hit your full potential, then I would recommend um, I would recommend this strategy. If you're already doing it and you don't need encouragement, <laughs> don't worry about it. But if you want to buy the book, it's two dollars and ninety-nine cents on Amazon this week only for the ebook. The paperback is twelve ninety-nine. But um, I promise you it's good. And um, we're actually getting ready to launch a small group based around the curriculum. So we've had a lot of people um, that have reached out uh, about CityFam. And they want to know how they can start one where they're at. So this is what I, th- I think is such a natural marriage between ab- you know, abstaining from sex until marriage and Fam. I'll tell you why. Because you cannot do it alone. You cannot sit in your house and make it, I tried it. I did it for six years. I went to, I avoided trouble for six years. And eventually I went back because I needed community. I needed people. It's still not even easy with, with community. I mean, with just friends, like you still, there's some things that, you know, like sometimes you just want, you want intimacy, like you want to be touched. You want to, and I haven't, you know, spooned or any of that for a long time because I just won't put myself in those positions. But I, I, I'm I'm saying all that to say, like, it's only possible when you have these deep, meaningful connections with other people, when you have things to do and people to do them with, basically. So what we want to do is anyone that's reached out about starting the CityFam, um, we want to give them this curriculum. And it's just going to be an eight-week study uh, based on the book, based on why waiting works. And you're going to meet uh, in someone's home probably on a Friday or Saturday night. And for six of those eight weeks, you're going to talk about the book. And you're, and, it, and you don't even have to agree. You know, I've invited, I've invited friends that are out, you know, sexually active and, and I know they don't agree with me. And I'm like, look, then disagree. Just come to the group. I want your perspective because what I believe is when they get into a group with members of the opposite sex and, and they start talking about things of substance and they start doing life with people with different dynamics, right? That they're going to say, Whoa, this actually feels really good because I, again, I, I say, oh, I've done this. I've done it both ways. And it, yes, sex is fun in the moment, but when you stop having sex and you wake up or, you know, you look around and you don't have great relationships because you know, you don't shit where you eat. And that's why I tell people you don't shit, don't shit where you eat. I mean, that's what people know. But when you're, if you're having sex with like friends and you know, every, every time a, a cute guy or girl comes in your life, you, you know, you hook up, which is what I did. Um, you know, eventually you don't have great relationships, and then you don't have things to do or people to do them with. So anyway, um, I'm saying all that to say we have this curriculum. So if you're interested in start starting the City Fam chapter wherever you're at, uh, we'll provide it to you free of charge. And and basically, after those, during those eight weeks, six of the eight weeks you'll talk about the book, but on week six you're going to do a social event together with your group, and you're going to take whatever money that you raise from that. Social event, and you're going to give it to a, a local charity in your area, somewhere that maybe that you wanted to volunteer at. And then on week eight, you actually are going to go out and you're going to volunteer with that that group. So, so basically, it's that simple. Six weeks, you'll talk about the book. Week six, you'll do a social event, whatever it is you find fun. Roller skating, bowling, you could do anything. You know, kayaking, whatever it is you find fun. Do a social event on week six with your group. Take the money from that, any money that you raise, give it to a a worthwhile cause in your area. And then on week eight, go out and volunteer with them together. If you can make it through those eight weeks, then you'll advance to the next phase and we'll give you some more information. But we've had people reach out now from all across the United States, um, all over the world, even South Africa, Jakarta, Indonesia, London, um, other countries too, but I, I just can't think of them all. But yeah, we're super pumped and we believe that this is a movement, you know, like, um, and you know, we're on the ground floor of it right now, so I want to answer some of your questions really quickly. Um, thank you for the uh, that congratulations. Uh, I'm I'm him. sorry, I can't pronounce that. Uh, just can't seem to sleep. Glad I stayed up now because I get to ask questions that have been on my mind. Yes, please hit me with them. What about cravings and, and being peer pressured? Okay, cravings, yeah, I mean, that's real. Um, you know, I'll be honest there's been many nights that I've gone to bed depressed, you know, like the one thing that I, I do know is that feelings change, you know, you could feel one way one, you know, I could feel one way and I could go to bed and wake up tomorrow and feel completely different. So you just have to kind of press through the cravings. I mean, um, people ask sometimes about masturbation and I, you know, I don't, <laughs> I think if you're really, you know, about this, um, you should not masturbate as much as you can. I will say that if you know that that is better than dragging someone else into your sin because now you're gonna you know affect their life, but um, you know cravings are real. I do think that when you have community though, it it lessens those cravings, and 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 you know if you have a relationship with God, specifically with Jesus, um, in time those cravings will go away. In addition to the fact that if you're not feeding that thing, the cravings will die down, and I know that from personal experience because when I started down this path. Like I was used to having a lot of sex, and you know literally, uh, you know I couldn't even go a week or two without um, you know getting a really strong desire to do something physical and make a mistake, albeit it was by myself. But um, now, you know, um, I've gone months, you know, six months, maybe even a year uh, without that. and I'm not saying it's ever easy. I mean, trust me, I want to have guilt-free sex like tonight for real. But I know that that's not going to happen because I'm not even dating anybody. But the, the cravings haven't gone away. There's still there's still a desire there. But I do think it, it, I I know it lessens, um, you know, in time. So uh, let's see here. <clears throat> oh, peer pressure. That was the next part. So um, for me, I, I don't I don't succumb to peer pressure. So I have a pretty healthy ego. You know, like uh, obviously I make these videos. I wrote the book. Where I'm just like, I know that I'm right, so it doesn't matter to me what you think because I'm like, I really don't give a shit what you think. Like in my mind, what what I think is, and this might sound terrible, is like I'm cooler than you. I know that that sounds cocky and a little arrogant, and it probably comes because from me being used to being a nightclub promoter and a stripper, where I was like, I was kind of running shit in my in my city. I was I was running the scene that those people. um <laughs> look up to or, or the, or the things that they, you know, they were standing in the line. So if anybody tries to intimidate me and try to be like clown me, I'm like, bro, you're a dork. You know what I mean? That's just what I think. And I just would assume that posture because it's healthy because I'm like, I'm proud of myself. Like I feel like an athlete that's conditioned myself to be this way where they're like the, the equivalent of a fat person sitting on the couch eating Twinkies because they haven't mastered themselves. You know, subject to every physical craving, they just give themselves whatever. That's that's the equivalent. Like, I'm like, you know, I, and I know that I'm right, you know, so I I don't, I don't really care what people say or what they think. And I would recommend that for anybody, anybody that's out there waiting, be bold, be like in your face bold because it's so liberating. Like, you don't want to be offensive. Like, sometimes I'll get borderline rude. um, And that's, I'm not saying that that's the way to be either. But be proud of yourself if you're waiting like you are, you know, few and far between. There isn't that many people that are as smart as you because the rest of these people are idiots. They're just buying into what the world has told them is right. You know, just like Charlie Sheen. I use him a lot like he's the punchline. you know, so don't worry about that. Don't be peer pressure. Plus, we got a, a great you know, we're, we're, we're cultivating a great group of people. Here and if anybody isn't already go to Facebook and join the why waiting works community And there's a couple hundred people in there right now and we talk to each other we support each other We post links and, and articles and memes and different things um, Because you know, we're in this together. So uh, it, it that definitely um, Helps anyway, I'm gonna go on to the next question. So celibate for three years got extremely lonely 100% I feel thought I had the strength to be in a relationship big mistake Okay. Uh, it all starts with a kiss. Yes. That's how it got me. You truly bless me with your transparency as a guy. You give me hope that there are truly men out there that are trying to live right. There are. You just got to, I mean, honestly, I believe that ladies, it, 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 it's in your power to get a man to commit, even if he's not at where I'm at. Let's say he's not where I'm at, I'm at as far as um, wanting to wait till marriage, right? Because I think that honestly, it's just smart. I think that waiting is just a smart decision because it's the best strategy for finding love because you can go through the numbers a lot quicker when you're waiting. But even if they're not at that point, if I were, you know, if I were to meet a girl that blew my mind, right. And she said, I'm waiting to have sex until I get married. If I really was, if I was really into her, I would wait. Even if I wasn't, even in my former life, I might've, I might've done it because if she blew me away that much, now listen, I'm not saying that I, I feel like if when you make that commitment, you're gonna spend some time alone because you're gonna you're gonna have to go through a bunch of you know people that will that won't wait. But you're gonna get to that Mr. Right a lot faster if you make this commitment. And I see a lot of women that won't do it because of fear. They get afraid, they think, well, nobody will wait. What guy's gonna stick around? And then they don't make the commitment, and then what they get instead of finding love is they get a guy that's one foot in and one foot out so they get a relationship with the wrong person and then they wind up unhappy or divorced later so i would suggest women wait and and i believe that you will attract the right guy faster it might not be for a while you might have to spend some time alone which is okay because use that time to invest it into yourself read a lot of books volunteer get in great shape you know do whatever that that's just what i did but work on yourself because you're not going to attract you're not going to attract what you want you're going to attract who you are and i love the question that andy stanley asked and he said am i the person i'm looking for is looking for so many people want to attract this kind of person but they're not being that type that type of person so you got to work on yourself and then at just the right time i believe that god will reward you with that person but it might be a little while which again is where community comes in so it's important to cultivate those relationships again Check out the Why Waiting Works community for support. And if you're serious about wanting to like maybe start a small group out of your house, um, email me, robertcityfam.com. I'll I'll send you the curriculum. I'll tell you how to get started. And and that will make it possible for you to get through this. So anyway, um, I'm going to move on to the next question. My dog just got neutered. What do you think? I think it's kind of messed up. (laughs) I don't have any opinion on that. Uh, I got tons of questions tonight. Hoping I don't get sleepy soon. Yes, because some of it goes home alone. Uh, what about attraction? Uh, I mean, yeah, one hundred percent. If you ask me what I'm looking for in a girl right now, I would tell you two things: I want her to be hot, and I want her to love Jesus. Those are my top two things. Now, obviously, there has to be a lot more than that, but I still want physical attraction. But what I also know, and what I talk about in the book, is that physical attraction fades. So you, you know, you could, you could have the hottest guy or girl in the world, but if you don't connect on a deep level. That physical attraction will go away and you won't even want to sleep with them or they won't want to sleep with you. Then that's what, if you look at how many times have you heard people say the the sex stops after you get married? I've heard that probably a hundred times from married couples. And I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock, you put the cart before the horse. You started having sex with someone and you didn't even take time to figure out if you can get on a deep level, the sex connected you. You got a soul tie and then you got married to the wrong person. And then you guys lost physical attraction to each other. And this is what I say to people is you'll wind up having less sex than the person that exercises some self-restraint on the front end, takes time to get to know the person and then gets married. So that's just what I say. You know, yes, physical attraction is very important, but it honestly, when you boil it down, it's the least important. I can be physically attracted to a lot of women. You know, that's just me. And most guys are the same way, But you know, like blonde, brunette, you know, Asian, like there's beautiful women everywhere, you know, but it's who lives inside and that takes time to figure out. So this is, you know, just why it's so, so practical to wait. What's up college Jesus. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, hi, I just got home. Are you answering questions? tonight? Yes, I am. You know who this is, right? No, I don't. Who is college Jesus. Of course. Uh, I'm preaching. Thanks. Uh, watching you from Brazil. Wow. Thank you. That's cool. I'd love to visit. Let's get a city fam in Brazil. Give me a reason to take a trip down there. I'm new to your vid- videos, but it's definitely refreshing to hear this kind of message coming from a male figure. Thank you. It was. This is all God's idea, to be honest. I, I tell people, like, li- literally, um, being abstinent was not my idea at all. Like, I liked being me when I was a, when I was a male whore. Um, I liked being me. I, I I I liked you know having sex with different women. As terrible as that sounds, I liked it. But God came into my life and He put a call on me and I and I, and I had expectation. And I and He said, look, he, he told me, he said, if you wait, I'll give you your soulmate. I'll I'll bring her to you. And I had never been in love. And I wanted that for selfish reasons. I wanted to I wanted to fall in love. because I I had been chasing that, you know, my whole life. Or, you know, I was only 27 when this happened, but I had been chasing it. And um I wanted to experience that. So I was like, okay, I'll wait. And I waited and I didn't think it would be long. I thought it would be a couple weeks, a month. I don't know. And it turned into six years. And that's when I backslid after that. And um, I ended up, um, you know, making a good mess. But, you know, now it's been another six years. And I, and I do believe that, that, that God is going to keep that promise to me. It just is, uh, it's just taken longer than I thought. So, you know, I say, I say, uh, I don't know even you know what question I was answering when I said that. But, um, oh, about a male figure. Yeah. Th- this was all, this was all God's idea. This was all Jesus's idea. He wrote the story. People compliment me on the book and I said, I just cooperate it, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm here and I'm glad that it, it's inspiring people because what I didn't know before I did, I did not understand this at all before and now I understand it so clearly and I see it, how it messes up people's lives and they end up, you know, never hitting their full potential. Maybe they end up pregnant. They got a baby mama. Or a baby daddy, and you know they're paying child support, or they're just with the wrong person, or it's just as a mess. And I really, honestly, when I say this, I, I mean it 100%. I don't think anything has the potential to wreck your life like sex. That really, and this is why, if, you know, if you're a believer, if you read the Bible, it says it, it, it puts sexual sin in a class all of its own. <laughs> it's completely unique. It says all other sins a person commits outside of his body, but a person that sins sexually sins against their own body. And it says, "Flee sexual immorality." That's what the Bible says. It says, "Run." There's no other time in the Bible where you know they tell you to run from something. You know, so it tells you to flee it. So it's so it's so um, it can you know be so devastating if you don't you know pump the brakes and you just get, you need to understand it at the end of the day. And, and I, again, I I'm so practical um, because of I've living at both sides. It I tell people it would be the equivalent of trying to argue. That exercise is good for you. You know, I break it down and I make it that simple. So I'd encourage you guys pick up the book, go to Amazon. It's $2.99 for the ebook. If you want the paperback, it's 1299 this week. So you can check it out. Um, so how do you, you are my big brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. William, very Williams. I'm sorry. Very kind of you. Thank you. Um, Temptation is everywhere, and hopefully, my future husband is doing the same. Yeah, I, I I wonder that about my future wife. I'm like, you know, if she's out getting it in with somebody else, I would be pissed. You know, like here I am saving myself, working on myself. I pray that she is doing the same. Um, uh, how do you tell? How do you tell someone you committed to wait? Great question, Mike. So, I, what I recommend is I put it out there early because, you know, why even go on a date with somebody if they're not supportive of that? Now, some people will disagree with that, and and that's cool. You know, um, you, I I don't think there's a hard and fast rule. Personally, I would want them to know up front, like this is where I'm at. I'm 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 bold with it, and I'm proud of it. You know what I mean? And if they are the right person, what I believe is that they'll be intrigued by it. They'll be attracted to it. I know the person that I am now. You know, I, I I'm I'm husband material. Not not being cocky. But I'm, I'm husband material now. I wasn't always. Before I was just looking for sex, and if somebody would have told me that they wanted to wait, most likely I wouldn't have. Now maybe if it was the right girl, I would have. But most likely I wouldn't have because that's all I was looking for. Now I'm looking for love. I'm looking for that one. So if a girl came along and and she was you know what I was looking for, and she says, "Hey, I'm saving myself for marriage," I would be like, "Wow, there's a damn unicorn!" Like I would be intrigued by that. I would be attracted to that. And that's why I tell women. Make that commitment because you're going to get to Mr. Right faster. Now, you're going to go through all the wrong ones faster, too. And you'll get a lot of people be like, you're crazy. You're stupid. You know, they'll tell you whatever. And and like I just made a video and I said, look, guys will say and do anything to have sex without commitment. If guys that aren't committed to waiting, they'll say and do anything, ladies. They'll be funny. They'll be charming. They'll be they'll spend money on you. They'll take you on trips. You know, they'll do whatever, anything to have unrestricted sex. But. You have to be smart because, again, women, when you when you have sex without commitment, you give your power away to someone that hasn't been clear about their intentions through action, not just through words. Through action, so again, talk is cheap, and that's one of the chapters I talk about in the book. So, look, if you're, you know, depending on where you're at, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe you don't have, um, you know, have it like that. Go to robkowalski.com. It's robb.kowalski.com. There's a bunch of blogs I posted on there. A lot of what I put in the book is is on that site. And uh, I really, do, again, it's for me. It's not about making money. Um, none of this is. It's about getting the message out and help helping as many people as possible, making as big of an impact as possible. Because I think there's so many people that just don't understand the concept. They're so blind to it. Actually, I had something funny happen today. There's a girl named Jacqueline Glenn. I, I don't even know who she is, but. <clears throat> She's got 700 and some thousand subscribers on YouTube and she posted a rebuttal to my 10 reasons video and I watched a little of it and you know, I challenge, I basically challenged her to a YouTube live debate. So, um, you know what, if, if any of you guys are watching and you want to go over there, post something on her, on her comments and tell her to, um, tell her to debate me live. I'd love to do it. I think it's funny. I don't, I, I don't care how many subscribers she's got. I'll, I'll, she's going to have a very hard time debating me because what I tell people is I've done what you've done. You haven't done what I've done. So you're speculating, you know, and spare us your opinion. But, um, anyway, let's, let's keep rolling through the questions. So I'm 26 and I'm struggling with the idea of being alone forever. I've met so many men who straight up told me they'd never wait until marriage. That's CJ. Like I said, CJ, you're going to go through the duds a lot faster. Um, people will tell you that they're, you're crazy or you're stupid. And they'll try to, you know, again, do anything. But at the end, look, a guy's not going to leave a woman that he's in love with because she won't have sex with him. You know what he will do? He'll be very motivated and he'll marry her. I, what I, tell, yeah, I just made the video and I'm going to post it tomorrow. Uh, I tell people like, look, if a woman, how many times have you seen women in relationships with men, physical relationships with men? where the guy is dragging his feet and he's not proposing and she's holding out, waiting for the proposal and it's not coming because guess what? He's not motivated. If he's already getting the sex, what, what what's the rush? You know what I mean? He's already got he's already getting the physical stuff. The woman's waiting because she's waiting for her part now, which is the ma- the, the commitment, This which is why it's supposed to be at the same time. It's supposed to be on your wedding night. I got a friend right now, Billy Lofton is his name and I talk about him in the book. He's the guy I started CityFam with. <clears throat> and um, he's been my wingman for the last five years. And he met a girl in the group a, a couple years ago, and they're getting married in about four weeks from now. Her name is Ariana. And just watching this play out has been the most amazing thing because, you know, I, I believe that it's the right thing, but now seeing it and for myself, so they've been dating for a little over a year, and now they're getting married in September, and they haven't had sex. And, I mean, how special do you think his wedding night's going to be? You know, like you see people and you're like, are you excited to get married? And, you know, usually the guys are like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. You know, but if you haven't had sex, you best believe they're excited. You know what I mean? Like, and what does that set you up for? What kind of marriage does that set you up for when you've had a time to build up this healthy appetite for this other person? You know what I mean? Where now it's like you've been dating and you've really, you haven't been physical. So you've been thinking with a clear head. You can evaluate the person. Do they still feel right? Does it, can I see myself long-term with this person? And then boom, you get married and your wedding night, you consummate. And now boom, you're, you, you're, you're connected. That's the way God designed it is that we would connect, you know, after we were sure, you know? So, uh, you know, watching it play out has been very cool. Um, and I don't know how I got onto that, <laughs> but, uh, I was, I was talking about CJ, um, mm-hmm. Oh, about waiting. People told her they went wouldn't wait till marriage, but yeah. Um, if, if someone's in love with you, like they won't leave, you know, men have fought wars. They've killed, they've been killed for women. So if a guy's saying, Hey, um, I'm not going to stick around if you won't have sex with me, then tell him to hit the fricking bricks because he's a joker and nothing weeds out a joker faster than not having sex with them. So I would just tell him, keep it moving. I promise you, if you do this, it won't be easy. It's not going to be easy. This has been the hardest thing I've ever done but it will be worth it. And you just got to remember what you're vying for here. This is, this is a helpmate. This is, you know, you reaching your full potential and, and having someone, a best friend that you're physically attracted to, to spend the rest of your life with. It is worth a little pain. It's worth going through a temporary wilderness to get to your promised land. Nobody gets to the promised land without going through the wilderness. That's why I tell people all the time, even the Israelites, they had to leave slavery. They had to leave Egypt. They had to go through the wilderness In order to get to their promised land so if you want to go to your promised land whatever that looks like for me like honestly i used to have a lot of sex i was like it was the equivalent of me living in egypt i was a nightclub promoter and a stripper i wasn't really happy about everything in my life i had shitty relationships with girls you know the ones that i was in and i went through the wilderness and it was freaking difficult it was it was really really hard but now i'm coming into my promised land where i'm writing a book i believe that i'm going to get married sooner or later And, you know, all these amazing things and I'm living in my purpose and I have this great relationship with God and I love myself. I wake up and I'm proud of myself and I'm a good son and I'm a good friend and I'm a much better human being than I've ever than I ever was before. But I had to go through this process and now I'll be a good husband to someone. So I just would recommend don't be scared. Don't be afraid to go through the wilderness. Remove all the obstacles. Get rid of any Anybody that would cause you to fail, any people, places, and things, remove them all, and start cultivating those better relationships, platonic relationships with members of both sexes, and you'll make it. So, you know, it, it, it uh, you know, for me, I have, I have a faith in God, and I believe that, you know, He says that He'll give me the desires of my heart. I still have a desire for a wife, and I believe that it will happen. And if you have a desire, I believe it will happen for you too. But you got to be willing to go through. <clears throat> Sorry, I'll, st- I'll get off my soapbox now. So. Bb, I'm still saving myself. Temptation is everywhere. Hopefully, my future is doing the same. We already read that one. Sorry, you're my new big brother. I think I read that too. Um, what do you think about homosexuality? Hmm. Good question. So I have friends that are hom- homosexual, and you know, do I believe it's a sin? Yeah, probably. I'm sorry for those. If you're if you're watching, you're homosexual just because you're into something doesn't mean that it's okay. You know, even if you were born with that inclination, it doesn't mean that it's okay necessarily. But listen, I'm not, I'm not anyone to sit here and judge. Um, What I will say is this, don't let that stop you from getting close to God, because if it is a problem and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it's not a sin, you know, but believe that it is. But that's, that's beside the point. What I tell my friends that are homosexual is look, get close to God. If he's got a problem with it, he will let you know, you know, because, there are lots of things that he put his finger on in my life. And he told me like, this is an issue for you. And it's holding you back from being the person that I want you to be. And he does it all the time. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I, I'm not, you know, it's probably above my pay grade, but I would say, get close to God. Don't let that stop you. Cause I do see a lot of homosexuals. They won't get close to God because they're afraid that he might, that either that he'll tell them it's wrong or that his followers will tell him it's wrong. I wouldn't worry about that. And you know, I would just say, get close to him. And if he's got a problem with it, he'll let you know. So, um, Mike Lopez, sex is a game changer outside of marriage. It definitely is for so many reasons, mass problems. It connects you to the wrong person. It keeps you in a relationship with the wrong person way too long. Um, sometimes people get married to that wrong person and they spend their whole life with them. I say all the time, like we've all been to a, uh, a restaurant or a diner where you see that couple, that seven year old couple, and they're sitting there not even talking to each other. And I'm like, I don't want that ever to be me. I'd rather be alone than that be me. You know, I'd rather be single and lonely than with the wrong person and unhappy. I say that all the time. So, um, <clears throat> want God's option for my life. Yep, Like that's right. Does that, this mean kissing is off limits? Hey, that's for me. Um, I don't do it because mostly because of my past and I have a real weakness with, uh, females. So I don't put myself in situations alone with girls. Um, I would definitely never make out with a girl privately. Like I don't even, I ride in a car with a girl, but I don't have a girl at my house and I won't go to a girl's house by myself. Um, just because of what happened last time. And, you know, I tell, I tell my friends that you, you almost got to treat sin like it's AIDS, you know, as, as bad as that sounds like it, it, if you knew, you know, if there was like blood on the counter with AIDS in it, you like, you wouldn't, F with that you know what i mean you would not you you know that's how you have to treat sin if you think about what jesus said jesus said if your eye causes you to sin gouge it out like think about that for a second gouging your own eye out can you imagine what kind of pain like that's what he said that's how that that's how devastating sin is on your life so you know we like to play with sin we like to get close to it because it feels good but what I'm saying is you, you got to keep it far away from you. You know, people have great intentions that never make it and intentions don't mean shit. The only, all, all that matters is what you're able to do. So I would suggest, you know, for me, I don't kiss. If you think you, if you can get away with it, you have to be really honest with yourself. There was a girl in the group recently and, i um, that, you know, she started dating. She was, you know, good church girl. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> and she started dating and she posted she's like well I think it's okay to you know explore uh, the person you're dating's body and I was like what does that even mean so i I said you're crazy and you're stupid you know for thinking that and not too many not too much longer a week or two later she's she's end up she's having sex with the guy and look maybe they'll get married and live happily ever after but the thing is is maybe they won't you know how many people, Wanted to do the right thing, but never made it because they were they weren't honest with themselves about their boundaries. So what I'm saying is this is this shit is way too important. You notice I cuss a lot because that doesn't mean anything. This actually does mean something. Sex is does mean something. The word, cussing doesn't mean anything. I love when religious people actually get on the channel and they're like, "I wish you wouldn't have used the word shit." I'm like, first off, shit is in the Bible. The word shit is in the Bible. Google it. And secondly, shit doesn't mean shit, but sex it actually does mean something and it will ruin your life if you're not careful. So for me, kissing is off limits for you. I, I, you know, is it worth it? You got to decide that. Um, <clears throat> no man, Gavin Masterson, you should be good there. How, how do you know the person's worth waiting for? Good question. So for me, um, it's really simple, man. It, like So, you know, I, I, there's a lot of beautiful women in CityFam. I'm, I'm surrounded by beautiful girls, and, and they're godly girls. They're, they're going to be great wives, but this is how simple it is for me. I can look at them and say this. Would I sign the contract to have sex with them, the marriage contract? Would I sign it in order to have sex with her? And I haven't met a girl yet that I could say yes to that about. Now, I... Again, this is why it works. This is why marriage works, because the heart is deceitful. I could have convinced myself to have sex, or I could convince myself that I'm in love with any number of these girls, or at least that I love them, or you know that there could be some potential there, j- enough to give myself my flesh what it wants, because my flesh sometimes does want to have sex, or at least, you know, cuddle with somebody or curl up and watch a movie on a Friday night. I haven't done any of that. <clears throat> but at the end, at the end of the day, would I sign the contract? to have sex with that girl. And I'd say no, but there will be a day one day that I'm going to meet a girl and I'll say, yeah, I'll sign it. I'll be real happy to sign it too. And that's how I'll know who the girl's worth committing to. Because when I'm willing to do that, that's how I'll know. And it's that black and white. And that's just me. So um, let's keep rolling. few chapters left. Thanks. Oh, Hey, what's up, Tina Redman? How are you? That's a local city fam girl tuning in. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> what did, what, when did you decide to rededicate yourself to God in your body? <clears throat> Excuse me. And you may have been a little reckless in the past. Do you think God has us wait a little longer because of the things we did? 100%, Nicole. That's a great question. So I, I think that God's had me on the shelf so long because I was so promiscuous. And I do believe I talk about in that 10 reasons video that sex is a connection mechanism. So when you have sex, you know, it, you, you stick to somebody, right? And, and you know, that's the way it was designed. There's oxytocin, there's all these hormones. And God designed sex to be this connection mechanism so that when you, when a man and a woman found their perfect partner, they have sex, they bond and that bonding Preserves the family unit and it gets them through all the storms of life so that so that the kids have a mother and a father. Because God knew, you know, life isn't easy, you know. So he wanted us to connect. We treat sex like it's recreation and we connect and then we pull away from people, and then eventually we start losing our our stickiness, let's say, right? And and I think the more sex you have, the 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 less sticky you are. And if you look, if you Google this, the people with the highest number of sex partners. Also have the highest divorce rates. It's out there. All you have to do is look. So there's there's some truth to this. So I believe for me, that when I when I rededicated myself, that God, I believe that God can restore that stickiness. You know that He can restore your ability to be intimate with somebody, but it's going to take longer. You know, and I I think people, I think we like to think that we get away with things. You know, like people that don't know God, they say, oh, well, you can just ask for forgiveness. Well, you can ask for for forgiveness, but there are consequences to our actions too. And I believe that you know that God's probably had me on the shelf for as long as I have because I was so promiscuous that He needed time to heal me, and I'm hoping <laughs> that 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 time is coming to an end. And I'll be able to get married soon, but I can't prove that. Um, I just dis- and then you asked when did I decide to rededicate. So I, did- I rededicated in 2011, the end of 2011. My dad got cancer, and um, and I was really just in a dark place. I was super depressed. I was not happy with my life. Um, I had lived recklessly. It started out again. So in 2006, it started out, I had very good intentions. I was leading a Bible study. I was leading a Bible study in a nightclub. It was called Casbah on Boston street. And I really wanted to make a difference in the lives of my friends from the inside. Meaning like I wanted to, I wanted, I saw my friends that, that I couldn't, um, I couldn't get them the to come to the places where they needed help. Like, you know, I, uh, whether it was a 12 step program or church or whatever, but I thought, Hey, I can make a difference in their lives from the inside. I wanted to have a social life, but I also felt like I can make a difference in their lives by being close to them. So I actually started promoting a, a small group in a Bible, uh, a small group in a nightclub and we were reading the purpose driven life and we would go out. It was on Thursday nights and we would go out and we would feed the homeless after this, after the group was over. And anybody that would come on Thursday nights, I would let in for free to the club on Saturday nights. And it was the hottest nightclub in Baltimore at the time. It was called Casbah. So they didn't have to wait in line and they didn't have to pay the cover. And I treated them like a VIP if they came to the small group. And and all of a sudden, my small group became very popular. And and we had cokeheads and strippers coming to basically a Bible study. <clears throat> but And it was great. I loved it. I was like, yes, this is what I've wanted. These are my people. But it was so edgy that I, and I didn't have a good strong enough character at the time that i backslid and that's when i you know things went down so by 2011 i had made a mess and it it all started with great intentions which is why i'm so big on boundaries because good intentions don't mean shit it all only matters what you're able to do and the devil wants to get you any way he can you know the bible says he roars around he roams around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour and he got me and uh you know so um yeah, I read, By the time 2011 came, I was in such a dark place that I wanted to come back and I didn't even know how, you know, I would go to, I was going to church sporadically and I'd see people raising their hands and I couldn't even remember feeling like that anymore. I couldn't even remember feeling in love with God. I, I knew he was real. I just didn't even, I didn't know how to come back. And, and he, through a series of events, he, he brought me back to him and, um, you know, I'm super grateful and I'm, I'm in the best place I've ever been armed with, armed with the knowledge of those mistakes. Honestly, I'm so grateful for that. Those five years that I backslid because I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now, um, without all those mistakes. So, or I would have, you know, I would have done them again. So anyway, um, is it a sin for a divorced person to remarry? You know, the Bible says about that, but (sighs) You know, Billy, I, I, you know, I don't know, like it's a, missing the mark is a sin that, you know, I think it's better to never be divorced, but if you, you know, there, there's some grounds for divorce too. And the Bible says that if you were cheated on, or if you were abandoned, then you're allowed to get divorced. So, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, it depending. I guess the, some of it will depend on how it ended, if it was sin or not, but it, some of the stuff again is above my pay grade. Uh, you know, the Bible says that it could be, but I, I wouldn't have any qualms about marrying a girl that was divorced if I was in love with her and I felt that God gave me peace about it. So I would suggest you run every, you know, pray to God about it. And if he gives you peace, yeah, go for it. Did you have, did you have a problem with pornography and what did you do about it? Excuse me. Um, yes. I mean, (laughs) did I have a problem with it? I was watching when I was, was engaged engaging in watching pornography, I didn't have a problem, meaning like I, I just I did it, you know, and I didn't think about it. And then when I gave when I rededicated, um, I when I rededicated my life to God and I really wanted to get pure in that area of my life, um, yeah, it was a struggle because it's easy to justify porn, you know what I mean? Because you're like, who am I hurting? Right? Like when you're having sex with somebody outside of marriage, it's a lot easier to justify that. I mean, it's a lot easier to know that that's sin. But pornography is a lot easier to justify because you're by yourself. But again, you need to think about like the fact that that person is someone's son or daughter, you know what I mean, that you're watching. And and point is supply and demand, number one. <clears throat> so if we stop watching it, they'll stop making it, right? So there's that for sure. The second thing is it definitely does some stuff to your brain. There's all kinds of studies about the damaging effects of porn, but also just the simple fact that a thought leads to an action and an action leads to a, a habit and a habit leads to a character and a character leads to a destiny, everything starts with a thought. Now I, I put some verses in my phone that talked about <clears throat> that guard your heart for out. Of, it's basically it's the wellspring of, of life, you know? So like, everything starts with your heart, you know, and that's where your whole life flows out of your heart. And it says that anybody that looks, Jesus said, actually, that anyone that looks at a woman with lust in his mind's eye commits adultery in his heart. So if you're watching porn, you're committing adultery in your heart. And if that's the wellspring of your life, then that's a problem. You know what I mean? So I would recommend that you you get it out of your life. And, and and honestly, it might not be something that happens overnight. God could deliver you from that that desire. I know he has the power to do that, but more than likely, it's going to be something that you have to work for. You know what I mean? And you're going to have to stop feeding that animal and you're going to have to repent. Here's a trick that I used <clears throat> to get over it. I read a great article about signing a covenant with God. And it talked about in Job where he said he signed a covenant he, he made a covenant with God not to look lustfully at a woman. So what this person said was, look, God wants you pure in this area of your life. And and what he suggested is to actually write out a covenant with God where you say to him, look, God, I'm making this covenant. I'm not going to look lustfully at a woman or a man if you're a woman. "Um, I'm not going to look lustfully or at least intentionally hold a lustful thought. That's what I said, because sometimes you'll do stuff unintentionally. So I wrote mine. I said, I'm not going to intentionally hold a lustful thought in my mind. And I meant also look at porn for this period of time, maybe you start with one day, you know, if you're, if you have a problem with it, start with one day and say, look, and you ask God, you say, look, you know how, how, how weak I am in this area. So I'm asking you, please give me the power to keep my, my promise to you. And, and if I do it, knowing how hard this will be for me, God, I'm asking you to bless me greatly and open doors for me that no man can shut. But if I fail, if I don't keep my promise to you, God, I ask you to punish me severely and fight against me with the tongue of your mouth and, th- and then sign it and date it. And if you do that, I promise you, this is what it will do for you. It will give you the gas and it will give you the break. The gas is I want the blessing, right? And the break is I'm, I fear the punishment. And I did that and I, I signed – I've done that numerous times actually because I was – I was starting, and this is what actually, you know, abstinence will do for you. And I'm just going to share this is God will start to give you clarity on what your purpose is when you put sex on the altar, because he knows that that is not easy. It's probably one of the hardest things you'll ever do. So when you're like, God, look, I'm going to be obedient to you in this area of of my life. He'll start telling you what your purpose is and he'll start giving you clarity on what it is. And that's what he did for me. And it was like so good. It was so exciting. That I was like, I knew it was so beyond my capability that I was like, I need all the help that I can get to make this possible. And I was like, God, I'm gonna sign this covenant with you because I want you to bless me greatly and make this happen. And and honestly, I did it and it got me through some times where I would have definitely failed because and, and you know, and I, and again, I went I went depressed, I went to bed depressed. Sometimes where I probably would have, you know, rubbed one out or I was gone in <laughs> in my office, um, you know. Normally, but I, I went to bed. I went to bed depressed and said, But you know what? I woke up and I felt I felt really good about myself. It's it's the equivalent of like, you know, working out. You know, like you don't want to work out, but then you push yourself and you go to the gym. And how do you feel after? You feel great, right? Because you discipline yourself. So it's the same way. So if you're able to get through that, however, that's how I. That, that's just one of the ways that I did it. Get an accountability partner is the other way. Find someone in your life that you can be completely honest with and talk, tell them what's going on and, and, and don't lie to them. And if you mess up, tell them about it and, and not wanting to tell on yourself or disappoint them will definitely keep you out of trouble. That's another, another tip that I've used. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. So, um, lots of cusses in the Bible. (laughs) Well, there's definitely one shit is in the Bible. Paul says, I consider all things dog shit for the sake of knowing, knowing Christ. That's in there. And that was the word that he used. So if all scripture is God breathed, then that means God cusses too. I definitely agree. I see a lot of people getting married for the wrong reasons. I love I love being by myself. Ooh, there's one of us, <laughs> not me. I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather have somebody. And no, I've, I've learned, I learned to do it. Okay, I'm not with the wrong person for the wrong reasons. That is true. You see a lot of people that are desperate, they're thirsty, and they get into relationships with the wrong people. Um, let's see here. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What if you had a, I'm, I'm 18. Is this for me in your opinion? Monasia, Mac, are you still with us? Hopefully you are. Um, absolutely. It's for you. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, honestly, I wish I would have started sooner. I mean, you know, I, if I had started sooner, I'd be a lot further ahead in life. I'd be with my soulmate. You know, if you look it up, the people that marry as virgins have the lowest divorce rates and the highest sexual satisfaction in their marriages. It's true. All you got to do is Google it. So we, we think that if we have sex with lots of people, that that's going to make us happy. It's not true. It's a lie. So I would say absolutely it's for you. It doesn't matter that you're 18. What if you had a deadly disease and the only way to heal was to have sex before marriage? <laughs> that's a funny one. Uh, you, you remind me of my grandma. Thank you, the sauce. What's your opinion on SUGMA? Don't know what it is. I kissed the guy I was seeing. We just never met at places we could have sex. Okay, that's cool. Well, that's smart. That's one strategy. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with kissing if you think you can handle it. But, you know, again, is it worth it? Uh, God save me. Sex with women is cool. I agree. I feed the homeless my semen. Great breakfast party. You're hilarious. Hello. The devil can come get me if he's ETF, brah. Uh, see if there's anything worth even reading here. <clears throat> All right, nothing here. No intelligent questions. Monica Levy Toller, you just got a proposal. He says he can wait till merits. All right, what advice would you give to women who are virgins in their mid twenties and beyond, if men are the pursuers, but they have not been pursued by someone worth marrying? How long is too long to wait? Um, you know, there's there's no time too long to wait. What What's the alternative? You know, I mean, really, have sex with the wrong person? Give your virginity away to a guy that hasn't been clear about his intentions with you? Because that's what you're saying. So I, I don't know. Like, if you're in your mid-20s and you're a virgin, I mean, first off, I just, like, seriously, that's impressive. You You are very, you're a unicorn, you know, and God bless you for doing it. Um, I would say, put yourself out there a little bit. Like, are you, do you have a good faith community? Like if you're not going to a good church, um, you know, cause you, you should find some guys there that are willing to, to pursue you. Um, you know, I'm not a big proponent necessarily of online dating, but yeah, you could try that. But the main thing is, is stand your ground, talk to God about it, keep working on yourself. And I believe that it will happen for you in time, join the why waiting works, um, community on Facebook. There's, there's guys on there that are waiting and, um, you know, maybe you'll meet somebody there, but I would say, put yourself out there a little bit. And, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I've, I've been waiting, you know, 12 of the last 18 years, the last six years, you know, I've been on what two dates, I think. And, um, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody, honestly, <laughs> but I, am also, I got into neutral and I do believe that God's in control and he's doing some amazing things, around me, you know, this book and, you know, uh, other things, city fam, I'm super passionate about all because of, of my, if I was, if I was, you know, with a girl, I would have never built city fam. I would have never written a book. I just wouldn't have even known these things. And he's used that time off to, to bless people around me and me. So I would say, um, you know, there's a reason if you're single, there's still a reason, you know, there's a reason behind it. Maybe he wants to work on you some more. Maybe he wants to do something through you. I don't know. Um, Silence Breakfast Party and other people that came on this live to disrupt. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that, Nicole. They don't know that they don't know that they're idiots. (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm here to meet a good Christian girl. Revolver Ocelot. There you go. Uh,. I'll give you advice to thirty 37-year-old virgin. The kingdom of God is worth it. My parents had a marriage from hell, so I wasn't going to pair off just because. But I also have a big calling. Amen, Access Kelly. I don't know if this Carl Johnson's uh, joking or not. Um, hello from New York City. Hey, Restored Beauty. Uh, we actually had a lot of people reach out in New York City recently about CityFam. Um, I know of at least three or four people that are starting to talk and meet um, About getting the group started. So if you're interested in being part of an eight-week small group in New York City I know it's a big city. I don't know what area they're in. Maybe Brooklyn. I'm not sure Um, Message me send a message to Robert City fam and I'll get you some information about that group and um, Yeah, so Who's your biggest Christian influence on this issue? Piper Rick Warren. Hmm. That's a good one Let me think about that for a second I guess it's my pastor, you know, Chris Lockamy. Um, you know, I'm close to him. We have a great relationship. When I hear people, I'm trying to think of who I've heard talk a lot about waiting. Um, Andy Stanley, I guess. I've, I've you know, I've, I've definitely, I would say he's he's one of the bigger ones. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's my pastor, Chris Lockamy. Uh, me and him are real tight. We work out a couple times a week together and he's my accountability partner. And then also Billy Lofton, who <clears throat> was my wingman. Like I said, one of my great friends. Um, I waited 29 years old. I'm glad I did old school, but don't care. LOL. Good job. store beauty. <clears throat> Rob, I need your help. I want to divorce my wife, Shelly of 30 years because I found out she slept with my brother and my coworkers. What should I do? Well, you definitely got the grounds to do it. If it's true. Um, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure if you were joking before, but if that's true, you have grounds for divorce. I think that's something that you need to pray about. And, um, you know, if you can get over, I mean, if you can get over it and you can forgive and treat her like it never happened, um, that's probably if you can't, if you can't get over it and you can't, and when I, when I say get over it, I don't mean throwing it in her face. Every time you get into an argument, just staying in the relationship and then throwing it in her face. Cause that's not really getting over it. That's not forgiveness. If you can forgive her, you know, and that's something that you have to figure out and trust her again, which is a whole nother conversation. Then, I mean, then I guess, you you know, you can stay, but if you can't, then I would, I would suggest, um, leaving, but I would talk to a pastor about it. (coughs) I know this is off topic, but how do you feel about interfaith movement? This is how the little groups popping up around America that are choosing to follow Christ without being part of an established church. (coughs) Um, I don't know much about it to be honest. I mean, I think in a lot of ways the church is missing the boat and we're getting it wrong. Um, where when you look at the numbers that 82% of the population in America doesn't go to church, that's staggering. You know what I mean? And from my personal experience, that was true because when I started when I gave my life to Jesus, I was the leader of the pack. I was the leader of my friends. You know, where I said go, they went. And when God called me, I had this Moses complex. I was like, oh. You want me to do something for you, God? Okay, I got it. No problem. Watch this. Hey, everybody, we're going this way now. I tried to take everybody to church with me. And guess what happened? Nobody followed. So I do think, you know, I don't know much about the interfaith movement, but I will say that when you see that 82% of of a supposed Christian nation isn't going to church, then there's something very wrong with the whole, you know, system. The whole setup needs to be revamped. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if people are, you know, if they're in a small group, if they have a, you know, part of a, a Bible study or whatever, and that's where they're getting fed and yeah, I, I don't see, I, I think it's great, but I do know that, yeah, people aren't going to church the way that they used to. And, and something need drastically needs to change because people need healthy community. You have to be, you have to be in community with people that care about you and it and that has to be based on some values that have been proven. You know, like I was part of a community and the nightclubs, you know, it, that was a community. It was an unhealthy community though. And everybody is just kind of sleeping with each other and using each other. And, and, you know, when the shit hits the fan in your life and you, 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 you need some friends, you find out very quickly that, that, um, that, that, you know, the relationships aren't built on anything. It's just about going out and having fun together. It's just people you party with. So um, you need to be part of community and it needs to be based on values. And if you're, if people aren't going to the building, to get that connection they're not going to the churches then yeah something needs to change so i i'll look more into that interfaith movement but, but i don't know a whole lot about it um i've slept rob i've slept with 20 different women and i've wrote 10 books congratulations Fortnite! all right i'm not uh are you set to come to london maybe on tour or something wouldn't that be great Sandra um, you get me a speaking engagement and I'll be right there but <laughs> nothing on the calendar right now um, I Carl Johnson if you're if you're seriously suicidal man reach out get some help find a faith community get a get with a pastor get a life coach um, you know if you're serious and you feel that way you can reach out to me I'll connect you with my life coach she's amazing and uh, you just gotta find you gotta find a purpose you gotta figure out what you know what what is there to live for what it gets you excited like god still has a plan for you if that actually happened with your wife i you know i I feel terrible for you i know what it feels like but listen feelings change and you know nothing time heals all wounds you know and, and and he you know you'll heal off of that too so god still has a plan for you you know the devil would maybe wants you to, to end your life and he might be whispering things in your ear to get you to do that but don't let him win so uh, you know reach out to me if you if you need some help and I'll connect you with someone best I can do <clears throat> um, you sometimes feel as if you'll be alone forever how do you cope? Um, you know I don't feel as if I'll be alone forever because I do believe that God made me a promise about a wife but um, I don't know how long it'll be and it, it sure it sucks you know. Um, I, I remember it wasn't, it was like a couple weeks ago. I remember I was sitting there getting ready for the day and I was, I was, I think I was visualizing. So I visualize every morning. I kind of, I kind of picture how I want my day to go. I try to get as vivid as I can, get as detailed as I can. And, and I, I usually, I usually visualize, you know, five years into the future and picture my ideal life, but I was visualizing the day. And I got up to the time where I, about six o'clock in the day, and I didn't have anything to do, and and it kind of hit me that I wasn't going to be having sex that day, that night. <laughs> and I don't know why that that day, but I got really sad because I was like, I, I you know I, I I like having sex. I used to it, it, you know it was a big source of um you know recreation or, or 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 just pleasure and fun enjoyment, and I got sad. So I totally understand where you're coming from. I don't, I'm not afraid that it's never going to happen again. I'm afraid it it could be another six years. I mean, which would suck, you know, but I'm not afraid of, uh, that I'll never, I'll never experience that pleasure again. Um, but again, you know, uh, if God would have told me that it would have been this long when we started, I would have never done it, you know, because I would have never thought I could. Number one, number two, I would have just said no, no way in hell would I subject myself to that. So I think it's better to not know um, because at least you have hope. And and honestly, at the end of my life, when I get to heaven and I stand before Jesus, I'm going to have no regrets because I gave everything. And I did. And I'm glad, you know, that I didn't know because if I had known, I I wouldn't be able to say that. So that's just where I'm coming from. Um, I'll check that out, College Jesus the Duns. Do you think it's harder for women to abstain for too long, given men desire younger women? Hmm. That's a good question, Zany. Um, I think that I think that that is what makes women afraid of trying this because they they think the biological clock is ticking. I got to find somebody, and then. The, but here's the deal: that's fear, right? It's not. And where does fear come from? Fear doesn't come from God. Fear always comes from the enemy. So he tries to get you afraid. So you do something that prevents you from getting the thing that God wants to give you anyway. You know, so, yeah, I do think that it's probably harder from that respect. I don't think it's harder for women to wait in general because I think that men, we're physically freaking eked up. You know what I mean? Like we like sex and we can have sex pretty easily, you know, unemotional sex even pretty, pretty much on the spot, you know, anytime. So I think it's hard for a man to wait, not to mention that society tells men that, you know, you have to be sexually active, you know, like if you're, if you're a man in order to be validated as a man, you have to be sexually active. So I think it's hard for men, especially if they don't have a great, a healthy ego, you know, then, then it's, it's easy to, to, you know, let society push you around and kind of tell you what's cool and what's not. Um, so I think, I think it's hard for a man, but I do think it's hard for a woman because of that fear. Um. And, you know, but again, I go back to what's the alternative, you know? Not waiting, you know, getting, getting, giving out, you know, giving it out to somebody that you don't really know if they, if they love you, you know what I mean? Hoping that the sex, that they like the sex enough to stay, you know, because that's what women do is they, they, they're like, well, well, who, nobody waits, so I better have sex with them so I can keep them, you know what I mean? And then what happens a lot of times, is the they'll bounce the guy will have sex and then he'll get cold feet you know and this happens to women a lot is after they give him the sex the guy gets distant you know and then or the second thing which i think is even worse will happen is they'll get the guy but they'll get a guy that's one foot in and one foot out and it, it, instead of getting the love of their life they'll get they'll get somebody that can never make them happy that they can never satisfy them deeply you know what I mean? And they can't satisfy that person deeply because they're not in love. Because if they were in love, they would have just got married. You know what I mean? Then then have all the sex. That's what I tell people. Have all the sex. Get married and have it all. You know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have it all. You know, there won't be none left for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. But seriously, you know, once you know that you're in love, get married and have all the sex. There's nothing wrong with sex. I'm just saying don't do it. Don't do it ass backward. Um. <clears throat> Congratulations, Restored Beauty. Anyway, that's it, guys. I'm going to go ahead and end it. It's been a little over an hour. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you. Um, pick up the book if you get a chance. It's on Amazon, Why Waiting Works. The ebook's 2 dollars this week, it'll be uh, it's $12.99 for the paperback. Um, if you guys have any topics that you want me to tackle, um, please post them. Uh, set, email me, um, robertcityfam.com. Or you can just post them as a comment on this feed, or um, you know, on any feed that I put up. I'm going to put up a video tomorrow at 9 a.m. called "How to Tell if a Guy Really Likes You." Um, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I think it's going to be big. Actually, I've, I've gotten that question a lot, and I'll I'll, I'll break it down. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys too. Look, stay strong. There's an enemy out there, and and he wants to he wants to take everything from you. You know. He, he doesn't want you to find your soulmate. He doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to be, you know, living your purpose. But God wants that. But he's, he's, he may have to take you through a process in order to get there. So just be strong. Be strong and courageous. Go through it. Um, reach out. Look, if you, Why Waiting Works Community on Facebook, so join that community now. We, we, we have conversation on there all the time, back and forth. It allows two-way communication. If you want to be a part of a small group, um, a Why Waiting Works small group in your town, send me an email to RobinCityFam. I'll make sure you get the curriculum. It's super easy. We got a turnkey process that'll get you started. I uh, love you guys. Appreciate you. Talk to you later. See you.